trust and betrayal are not only the most common issues, but they are some of the biggest issues hmm. uh, that married couples face today. And we have decided to do a series, and we are in week three of a four-part yeah. series talking about how to repair trust uh, and begin the healing process. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting conversation today. I think we were even surprised by some of the, I don't know, discussion around rebuilding trust and what that looks like as a believer yeah. and how much uh, agency do we have in our healing process and how much do we just let go and trust God and what does that yeah. look like with our spouse who could very much betray us again, right? Hmm. Yeah, what we found is the the lion's share of a believer's faith and trust have to be placed in God in the rebuilding process. In the after you've you're reeling from that car wreck, right? You're you've done the triage. Now it's time to start uh, healing in the hospital, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, at that moment, the, the trust is broken between you and your spouse. And again, you said it's one of the most common issues. It's not because every marriage has an affair or an emotional mm-hmm. affair, physical affair. It's because there are small ways and medium ways that mm-hmm. we damage and break each other's trust daily mm-hmm. um, just because we're sinners and we're not perfect. And so uh, today our hope is to give you a very clear kind of path toward healing in whatever area of trust you're feeling needs to be uh, uh, bolstered and strengthened and improved in your marriage and your life. And as we'll see, uh, that that path has mostly to do with trusting God in new and profound ways. So we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. tough conversations because uh, you it can feel very very prescriptive all right even in response to the first two trust and betrayal episodes yeah. that we wrote I've gotten I say I because I'm the one that monitors the email <laughs> that that comes in you share but yeah, I share it with mostly you, you. I've gotten a lot of messages uh, from husbands and wives who have felt brokenness in this area and it's just it's always a, a really clear reminder that uh, we're not in your life like to to be able to minister in the way that these issues often require for a true like circumspect lasting healing right i think we're just trying to help people see kind of the peg holes to start hanging your hats on and start those conversations yeah. with people that are in your lives the the pastors the christian biblical bible believing counselors um, guide couples and mentor couples mm. that love you, know you, and love God and know God and want to return you back to Him yeah. in that way. So, um, yeah, we definitely yeah. do not have all the answers. We are just trying to bring God back into the situation, give you some of those peg holes to just kind of hang your hat on. Let's start here yeah. uh, and begin to walk forward. Yeah. It was funny as I was doing some of the research for this and, and just reading kind of various perspectives. Uh, it became very clear, kind of the stark contrast between a, a biblical worldview and a non-biblical one when it comes to dealing with this very real interpersonal dynamic of trust, build, building trust, repairing trust. And, and so it, it it was profound to me because you go to some of these articles, like, for instance, um, I found one. It was on the Huff Post, right? So Huffington Post, not a great source <laughs> of like, biblical advice. Uh, definitely not. But the very first thing that it says is to recover after broken trust is to trust yourself. Which, as a Bible-believing Christian, definitely cannot. The heart is deceitful above all things. Now, I want to be charitable. What they're saying is like basically recognize where you're actually at in your situation and some other things that I would disagree with. And we yeah, did talk just, about honesty. It's just very self-centered because the next one's like, your new best friend. Oh, no. you are, and I thought I was saying you are your new best friend. <laughs> okay. I was like, I don't you know, I don't really care about that. I don't want to be my best friend. <laughs> well, but it, it, naturally it becomes a very human, human-centered, a humanist. That's right. secular humanism, right? So it's very human-centered mm-hmm. in like the solutions to the things that ail us. So like mm-hmm. uh, create new situations in your life. Hmm. In other words, like, uh, like change your environment. Learn. Ugh. Start like growing in your own heart and mind again some of these like we don't want to throw out the baby with no, the bathwater bad things but i don't think they're in the right order it's like 
God is in the center, <laughs> and there's other things that can happen uh, that can radiate or go outwards yeah. uh, that can help us in the process. But like, I can't start with myself because this is where the problem has begun. Quite clearly, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I could have made this point any more clearly without this article. Oh, <laughs> at the end, it says at the very end, the last thing: entertain the idea of forgiveness. That doesn't sound like the Bible. <laughs> that sounds like. <laughs> Did Jesus say that uh, the parable of the unforgiving servant or to uh, anyone who even the, he, he wasn't entertaining the idea of forgiveness on the cross. <laughs> he was forgive. Anyway, I just find it irony, ironic, although understandable given the worldview. So you can accept an apology apparently, but yeah. it's not the same as forgiveness and saying and, and, you forgive them. Yes. I've, and we don't, we don't need to harp on the, the this mm, particular article because we could cherry pick it to death. The point is, there's a stark contrast between kind of our human tendency, our cultural direction yeah. when it comes to reeling and healing. How's that for rhyme? Look at you. Reeling and healing from broken trust. Well, and I think our actions and our behavior fundamentally can be tainted by these ideas of culture of you know, hey, I gotta, I gotta work on myself. I gotta clean myself up, or I'll mm. forgive you when I'm ready, or I, you know, I'm gonna. Do yeah. all these other things until I'm ready to forgive you or whatever. And so mm. I think that's it. I think, yes, the stark truth is, is an obvious thing. I'm not trying to, right. nobody's arguing that. I think it's when those, when we start subscribing to the truth, mm. sort of not, I feel like there's an order and I, but there are some, there's falseness to like look into inside yourself for the answers yeah. in your heart for sure. Wrong, false. But like they say, yeah. you know, um, go for a run, start some, you know, some Reconnect new things in your yourself life in these ways, or just yeah. like, it's not bad to go running. It's not bad to say, Hey, maybe this is an opportunity to start some new habits. However, those are yeah. results from first knowing who God is, knowing who you are, how you're yeah. called to trust. The God. worldview is on a full display here for because sure. the, 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 the very but there's like, foundational areas. underlying premise is that reconciliation is almost impossible. That's the premise. Yes. Whereas the Christian view is reconciliation is the ideal and it's the thing we should be striving right, for right. in a broken relationship. And I think we, we saw that last week when we, we talked pick through. it apart, culture yeah. picks it apart and we want to justify it in ways that make us feel good and aren't necessarily yeah. obedient and submissive to uh, the way God has outlined and instructed us mm. uh, to forgive yeah, and reconcile. So we should get to our... I'm just very interested by this. Sorry. And we'll unpack it later. So yeah, our housekeeping. I'll make it fast. Uh, if you haven't yet, by the way, some people have left comments, uh, ratings and reviews. I've been so encouraged by those recently. I always think I'm going to get on there and read them uh, here and I'll see if I can find one fast enough. Looking really fast. Oh, got it. Fierce Marriage Podcast. Um, <laughs> it's loading. Bear with me. I want to read. Uh, somebody wrote on here, they're not married yet, just got engaged, but the guidance and wisdom that this God-driven couple, thank you for the compliment, has given is unquantifiable. Oh boy. That's, uh, you know, I love that. Thank you for that. That made me feel good. The honesty <laughs> in how a marriage works in the highs and lows and how it can only thrive with the holy living water of Jesus is something I, as a listener, truly am thankful for. Thanks a ton, you two. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Echo JCP, for that kind review on your podcast app. Really appreciate it. If you haven't done that, that encourages us. That also helps people find this podcast. In fact, I was looking at listening to another uh, Christian podcast. And the first thing I did without even thinking about it is I went to the reviews. Hmm. What's the rating? Is it like less than four? Yeah. It's for sure reviews. If it's less than I four, I don't even read comments. Yeah. And then if it's less, <laughs> if it's over four, then I'm going to go to some of the, these reviews and read them and see what am I in for? Yeah. Is it worth the time? So thank you. I've harped on that quite a bit. Uh, if you want to join us um, and partner with us financially and in um, kind of lock arms with your hearts. <laughs> Your heart arms. Just see a little heart like gift with arms that's like Yeah, yeah. Sorry for that. You can go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. That's patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Uh the biggest benefit is you get to be on mission with us. Mm. The other benefits are things like books and rings and uh enrollment in our online courses, all free of charge. Other than the Stop. being a patron. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Uh, finally, there's the smudgeness. What was I going to say? What's the final gospel one? Gospel Center Marriage. Oh, yeah. Go to gospelcentermarriage.com to begin <laughs> learning how to have a gospel center marriage. Okay. Just a quick thing on that because we were just debating like, should we be continuing to put out videos? Of course, we are on this track of doing that. 
I we know and understand that you are video inundated, no, like from the last year and all the things, right? But screen screens, the, <laughs> the magical. <laughs> um, I was like, I mean, should we be doing this or should we just continue like the podcast? And uh, the thing about gospel centered marriage is that we want it to be a tool that you carve out time together to sit down and. Ha- start finding places to have these conversations. Like we're hoping that it promotes uh, conversations, it promotes uh, unity, it promotes purpose in your marriage. Because otherwise, if you're going there for entertainment, you will be sorely disappointed. Let me tell you. Maybe you're entertained on here and you laugh at us a lot. I that's fine. I have no problem with being laughed at. I mean, it's not. It's but not we're not boring. Like, we try to make it well, engaging, but it's yeah. yes. But it's it's us having conversations with pastors and people that are have worked out some of these hard things yeah. uh, and they're giving us their wisdom and yeah. they're saying hey you can have these hard conversations and they're giving you permission to go into those hard places that you wouldn't go without somebody leading you or prompting some yeah. of these questions so that is the whole point of it i don't like more videos but here we are and if that's what god's calling us to to help yeah. say hey here's some places to have conversations and if we're honest i'm interrupting i'm sorry go ahead I was going to say, if we're honest, we spend a lot of time on videos anyway, whether it's Netflix or whatever. Yeah, no, good point. And we're just saying, like, divert some of that video time to yeah. building your marriage. Anyway, that was longer than we had Have planned. Have less video time so. and just do gossip. No, I'm kidding. If you're, still with, if you're still with us, thank you. And welcome <laughs> to the other side of that. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're talking about rebuilding trust. And um, beginning the healing process. Yes, beginning the heal, healing process. Let's do a quick uh, recap of where we've been because we're going to... Build on where we've been. Mm-hmm. The biggest component is comes from the episode that... The first week. The first week, which is two weeks pr- prior to this episode. Uh, we talked about this concept of cruciform trust. And what we meant by that, in brief, is that you have... There's certain aspects of our trust that can only and should only be placed in God. That's the vertical piece of the, of the cross. Okay, cruciform means God-shaped, essentially, or excuse me, cross-shaped. Uh, and so you have the vertical component to the cross. Uh, that's the, the man trusting in God, bottom to top. And you've got the horizontal component, which is uh, kind of the interpersonal. This isn't a biblical thing. This is just an idea that we've been working, at, working mm-hmm. out um, in, in terms of the cruciform shape. Uh, so that there's some trust that is right and good to be placed in your spouse. But I can't trust Selena for my identity. I can't trust her for my security, eternally speaking, mm-hmm. even in this life. Um, we rely on each other and we trust each other for our, um, like you trust me to take care of our, our finances. You trust me to um, do the work that, that I do. I trust you to do the work that you do. I trust you to so many things. Um, and, and some of that trust is good and right placed in each other. However, when it comes to the deep issues of an identity of who you are, uh, or your worldview. We've talked about that a lot today. Mm-hmm. It can only be placed in God. If it's not placed in God, it becomes idolatry because you're trusting someone else to be what God, what only God can be. Okay. That's what cruciform trust is. And we're building on that today. So without that understanding, some of this stuff is going to sound ridiculous because we're not operating from the same script mm-hmm. that a non-biblical worldview is operating from. So from there, we did talk through the philosophy of trust and what it means to trust and what betrayal is. And then mm-hmm. uh, in the next episode, we talked through um, how to d- like deal with trust in the moment when you realize it's been broken. Now, bear in mind, we're not just talking about big breaches of trust, things like affairs, emotional affairs, physical affairs. Uh, you've realized that your spouse has been texting an ex-girlfriend or an ex-boyfriend for the last three months behind your back. Right. That's huge. Um, but we, we, we referenced the Gottman article. Um, I forget the, the publication. It was UC Berkeley of just how, can I trust yep. you to be there and listen to me when I'm upset? Yep. Um, can I trust you to work for our family, to not take drugs, um, to respect me, to help with things around the house and be involved with our yep. kids? I mean, these are, these are issues that we face in marriage because these, there's, they're questions of trust. Are you a reliable person? Right. Can I put my weight on you in these areas of marriage when I need to, and will you fail or will you withhold? Like, what's the word? No, but will you withstand? There it is. So when I go to you and I'm emotional wreck, Selena, and I'm like frustrated and angry with something and I just need to process with you, like, will you love me well? Or can you trust me to respond in a way that's not just going to make it about me or going to start um, attacking you or is it, can I trust you to kind of anchor, be anchoring in that situation and deal with me in grace and love, 
and that is that is not always uh, automatic. We we idealize it and desire it, but it's not automatic. So yeah, uh, yeah. Last week, I think it's just important to reference that we talked about broken trust, uh, and this is the triage moment of okay, the wound yeah. has been exposed. It's hurt. It's happening. Um, we've given you now permission to kind of be hurt to mm-hmm. uh, experience the anger and there's going to be some distrust so we're recognizing that situation for what it is um, we're talk- we talked about Matthew 18 and Luke 17 and how the Bible instructs us to deal with sin um, because sin betrayal is sinning uh, and when we're sinned against how do we deal with it yeah. uh, we said you had three H's why don't you talk about those real quick yeah and you touched on the first one the first one's honesty so mm-hmm. you call it what it is deal with it that's the rebuke component um, you're not glossing over it but you're actually saying this is sin this is disorder this is wrong it needs to stop I'm lovingly calling you out it's not a self-righteous thing but it's a I'm not going to lie about this thing mm-hmm. it's honesty that's the first H the second one is humility it's doing that knowing that I'm not perfect either, mm-hmm. that I could probably deal with the situation in ways that are sinful. And so I want to be humble knowing that I need, we need Jesus to help us here mm. in this space. I need him. You need him. Let's work together. We're not perfect. Uh, and the final one is help. So honesty, humility, and help, help being get someone to, to walk alongside you, mm-hmm. get a pastor, a counselor, a mentor, a guide couple, um, a friend, friends who are advocates for your marriage to, to, help you not jump ship to right. say and that was the final piece that we ended with is um you, you can fall toward on bob uh, two sides of this equation when you are reeling from um discovering that you don't trust your spouse as much as you thought you did you can either deny it that's the i'm not gonna be honest about it piece or you can panic and say it's over right <laughs> it's over <laughs> we are uh, what is he we're say? finished we're through <laughs> uh, that's an office reference if you're wondering uh you can have that kind of panic uh knee-jerk reaction that just throws everything to the wind and and you flush it all and and it's done and we're saying don't do that we're saying there's a better way it's in the middle somewhere right don't lie about it also stand strong like like trust in in where you're at trust god remember that he created covenant mm-hmm. this marriage not an idea that you had you got married with with God's ideas in mind, whether you knew it or not. This is something that he created for your flourishing. So trust it. Right. Don't jump ship. Right. And here we are now saying you've not jumped ship. You've decided to walk this path. You've decided How to do you stay. start walking down yes. this path? You've decided to, you've committed to staying on this ship. Yeah. The storms are rough. All right. Betrayal is hard. This walk, it's going to require this, this journey now is requiring yeah. faith and obedience. And you said at the beginning, this this part of beginning to take steps uh, towards healing, this is the lion's share of our trust is in God at this point. Yeah. We are not necessarily trusting our spouse uh, out of faith. Um, we're trusting yeah. God uh, out of faith, and we're submitting ourselves. There's going to be an aspect mm. of humility that we'll talk about uh, when, it, when we have yeah. to obey yeah. his I have an analogy that keeps coming to mind, yeah. and I just think it could help. It helped me just in the immediate the immediate um Go for past here <laughs> um mm. just so, now <laughs> just now so you've you've built a bridge right you're, you're crossing over the bridge that's the trust mm-hmm. and say this bridge fails you mm. okay and you and you fall into the ravine and you're injured whatever and and you real and and you realize this bridge needs to be rebuilt okay so now you're doing you're going through the motions of rebuilding the bridge all the while not actually trusting the bridge to let you cross it but what are you trusting in you're trusting in the physics that if you follow uh, bridge engineering conventions. If you follow physic, physical laws, that over time, after you build that bridge according to those laws, that bridge will hold, hold your weight again. Mm. It'll even be stronger than it was before. Mm-hmm. So there's still trust in that moment. That's what we're saying: is that you perhaps have a broken bridge in your marriage. Mm. We're saying, yes, you might not be able to walk it onto that bridge anytime soon, but you can start building it in faith. Well, you can trust you can God trust that as you build it, as you build it, yeah, it will be crossable right. because you're trusting in His principles, right? That's and that's the principles of reconciliation, of forgiveness, of biblical love, of covenant, mm-hmm. of the gospel, of what it means to be saved by grace. Right. Um, so that's that's kind of the I'd say that's the the cornerstone of today's conversation is that our the lion's share of our trust in repairing trust mm-hmm. is going to be placed in God. It's necessary. It necessarily has to be placed in Christ. Right. I want to read a uh, kind of a longer quote. You know how I like got questions, um, talking yeah. about, uh, faith. 
because you and I, we were talking a lot about faith, and we don't have to get into it right now of what we were debating and discussing. Um, but faith is obviously a huge part of the Christian life, and we can't, I think, stand at the door or engage in this uh, path of reconciliation and healing without faith, uh, right. without eyes seeing that, again, like you said, I will be able to put my weight on this bridge yeah. and it will not collapse. That's the ideal. Again, you've committed to that. If you're here, you're listening, you're wanting to repair trust, you're taking those steps saying, I commit to this process. It's not, I've got one foot in and one foot out. No, there's got to be commitment here. So, quote. Can you can you build that out a little bit? What do you? Where is that coming from? Because that's coming from some very real conversations that you and I have had around couples yeah that have experienced betrayal um so i guess the idea behind that was um if you know we've we know people we have friends that we've um walked through some the big breaches of trust um emotional affairs physical affairs and we have come on the other side with them as well like we have seen god do miracles uh again their bridge their covenant is stronger than ever uh they their full weight is able to put on they can't they can trust right they can trust each other uh the thing about it is is that they have all gone through a season of have of of testing kind of like well if you're not going to act the way i want you to or you're not going to behave the way i want then i'm just going to i'm going to hold it over your head hold the betrayal over your head and i'm just going to leave Sounds like, like i'm a not probation yeah it's and yeah. and the the rebuke there is no if you're staying and you're committed then you can't live in that space of holding it over their head or using it as a threat. Um, right. So I guess that's kind of just the foundation yeah. of where that conversation happened. Of Because you're not you actually can't. rebuilding the bridge at that point. You're just staring at it and saying, look, this bridge is, is right. damaged. Right. Uh, it takes it takes a commitment to the, the laws of bridge building right. to go about the actions of building that bridge. If you're just on the sidelines saying you know, criticizing or you're just not actually engaging in the work. Uh, that's not faith. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not actually saying like we want to reconcile. That's, that's half hearted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think you're kind of, you're cut, you're cutting yourself off of the knees at that point. Right. Um, and so you kind of have to step out in faith and that's why, that's what led us to this conclusion, which is at the beginning, ironically, is the lion's share. The, the biggest portion of our faith is, has to be placed in God in this moment. We have to trust that as we live in the covenant, and we let the covenant of marriage uh, stand and we, and we stand by this covenant that we've made mm-hmm. to, with God and with our spouse. That's an act of faith. That's an act of trust. And it's radical. It is because you're it's radical. It's standing. It's often going to clash with your emotions and your feelings yeah. and things that you don't like, things that are uncomfortable. But again, it's trusting God. It's trusting God saying, I'm going to trust him despite how I feel in this moment. This mm-hmm. moment will pass. These feelings will pass. I recognize that I have these feelings. I'm not going to ignore them. I will get tools to deal with them. However, they're not mm-hmm. going to, I'm committed to this process. I'm committed to God's word. I'm committed to knowing him in his word and through his word. And that is something that is not optional, that I, I'm committed. And so because I'm committed, I am going to learn to respond humbly. I'm going to learn to respond in faith Hmm. and I'm going to respond out of obedience, trusting that the fruit God is growing. The Holy spirit is growing fruit within me, within our marriage. I mean, you just look at the trees in the winter, right? You don't see anything on the outside, but the inside things are happening. Things are growing. It always blows my mind every year, every year. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, those trees aren't coming back to life this year. It's been a hard winter. Poof. (laughs) Yeah. Back to my quote on got questions real quick. Um, Again, it's a little long, but I think it's worth saying. So according to the Bible, faith is essential to Christianity. Without demonstrating faith and trust in God, we have no place with him. Kind of a bold statement. Mm -hmm. We believe in God's existence by faith. Most people have a vague, disjointed notion of who God is, but lack the reverence necessary for his exalted position in our lives. Mm. Stop. I would argue that because... I would argue the vague and disjointed notion is because of a lack of knowledge of who he is. Yeah. Um, and if we don't know God, then we obviously have not been spending time with God. What is spending time with God? It means being in your Bible every single day. It means praying and talking to him and conv- communing with him every single day. And not just reading the New Testament. I'm going <laughs> to push this, even the Gospels, because, man, I learned more about God in the Old Testament 
and some of the was it the old prophets. I, yeah. I say old, but <laughs> major minor in, prophets. Thank you. Yeah. Um, that's where I've learned the mm. most about the holiness of God, the justness of God, the power yeah. of God. Um, I will say. I'm going to add to this because you said that basically not knowing God by not going to his word, not submitting yourself to that teaching um, will lead to well, we a lack listen, of reverence, a lack of We listen to other people's versions espousing of, of God right. and not. But I would say that it is possible to know the facts and still rebel against God. That's sure. plain, yes. plain in scripture. Yes. And I see it all the time where I know people in their hearts that, and we do that in our own sin. We like do. that we know better, we do. <laughs> but yes. we rebel. Um, so you're talking about faith. So let's finish the quote. It says, these people lack the true faith needed to have an eternal relationship with God who loves them. That's just what we're talking about. That's the only reason why I giggled. Our faith can falter at times, um, but because it's a gift given to his children, he provides times of trial and testing in order to prove that our faith is real and to sharpen and strengthen it. This is why James tells us to consider it pure joy when we fall into trials because the testing of our faith produces perseverance and matures us, providing the mm. evidence that our faith is real. Let's read James 1, 2 through 4 real fast. Mm-hmm. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Could betrayal and a lack of trust in marriage fall into that? Mm-hmm. Perhaps. I don't know if that's what James is talking about, but various kinds. He gives us some room there. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Let's just talk about that for a minute. All right. The testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So test... Typically, a test like that that produces something like that, I imagine, would take a long time. Mm, yeah. In our minds, maybe our again, our view of time is very skewed thanks to the internet and all of just clocks and all of those kinds of things. It's funny. <laughs> On that note, I, I received an inquiry recently. It was for um, some sort of online event, and they had a bunch of questions that they were going to ask. It was for husbands, and <laughs> I don't mean to throw this person under the bus, but one of the questions was. If your wife has given you divorce papers and you have 30 days to win her back, what do you do? And my first response was pray for more time. <laughs> like, for sure. 30 days is not enough time. Right. Like don't sign the papers. <laughs> like, <laughs> like hold out and pray for more time because you just said it. It's a long process to get you. Like you spent your whole marriage ruining it. <laughs> and you're not gonna don't throw, laugh. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, la- I'm not laughing at the laughing situation. At? I'm okay. laughing at the the like the request because it's like it seems silly to me to say that you spent your whole marriage going off the rails mm-hmm. and now in 30 days you're supposed to just somehow fix it sure, sure. Uh, that that is the that's too tall an order for any man yeah like and so i would just say pray for more time pray for god to work a miracle which hey that maybe and that's do, the good answer that's a good answer to and, the question and try to be a good husband try to love her well try to show her that well you understand have a what heart. that means though yes, because but, no, not everybody shares the same meaning on what that looks like so i'm not trying to make light of that situation so i apologize if that if that bris- he giggles bristles your in hard things sometimes guys and he's gotten <laughs> hot sandwiches thrown at his head oh and he's gotten, i'm not laughing at this i'm laughing at the request he laughs at so. wrong times this is our marriage sometimes maybe you just don't understand me mm, probably not because you try just to keep up you pretty. make me so angry sometimes <laughs> in your moments of laughter uh so james 1 3 for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness so Again, steadfastness, just look at the word. I mean, steadfastness, it has no other definition besides like long suffering, right? Mm. Like it's going to take time to be able to deal with things resolutely and firmly and uh, in the face of adversity, right? It's not going to be something that is just, oh yeah, I'm steadfast, like it is something that is shown over time. And he says, and let steadfastness, verse four, have its full effect. So don't cut it short. Stay Mm, in this place of humility. Stay walking in faith and obedience. Stay on that ship. It's rough, but Mm. it's not always going to be rough. But that that statement is a statement of faith. Right. Because you can't really make your spouse change their heart. You Mm -mm. can't make them repent Mm. of the because of the rebuke we talked about last week, because Mm -hmm. of the sin Mm -hmm. and the rebuked sin. And so that's a, that's standing in faith. Right. That's a testing of your faith. Mm. Do you trust that this covenant can withstand this? You said the bold statement last week that your covenant can survive, your marriage can survive betrayal. Mm-hmm. And then you had the caveat, but not all do. Why? Because sin is still there. It takes two. Mm. It's not because God's design is flawed. It's because we fail to execute it in the way yeah, that... It's a lack of repentance. Um, I want to call one more 
attention to one more part of this James uh, chapter one, verses two through four, and it's this count it all joy. Mm-hmm. Can you count it joy where you're at right now? And like just to think, I've just discovered that, I mean, I've, I've just discovered this bomb in our marriage, or I've just realized that our, our communication is not great. Do I count that a joy or is that just a huge drag? Because as, with, as believers, James is saying, count it a joy. Right. Because so that in How itself is a faith it? statement yeah. saying you're counting this terrible thing. It's a trial. It's terrible. It's bad. It's hard. You're counting it good, in not just of. to fool yourself, and but you're counting good, trusting that God will make it good. Mm. That's Romans eight. That God will somehow, I don't know how it works. Somehow the leaves will come off the branches when the spring comes. Somehow the fruit will come in the harvest. Somehow I don't know. But I'm in faith. I'm trusting that it will return because why? God is faithful. I can trust his faithfulness in the seasons. Right. Right. That's what we talked about that. Like we don't really know if the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Like ontologically speaking, I mean epistemologically speaking. Get your big words right. All right. Sorry. <laughs> we don't really know. And that was the D- Descartes, I think, was the one who, that's I, I think therefore I am. That was like uh-huh. the one solution that he the one statement that he could say certainly <laughs> because he can't really know something. But that's why we. We trust more than we realize what I'm trying to say. Right, right. And we trust God in the moment and counting it a joy and saying, this is hard, it's terrible, but I'm going to count it a I joy. I think it's a call to humility and obedience, to be honest. It's not just an exhortation of to count it all joy. I think it's, if you can't count it as a joy, then how do you get to that place of being able to count? And is that something that I can do on my own? Probably not. That's a really Probably good question. Not. If you can't count it a joy, how do you get to that place? And that actually leads us to the next kind of well, talking point. I don't even point. know if that's a good point of saying, can I? Okay, go ahead. The next talking point is is this. How can I be obedient to God in this situation? Hmm. Okay, so again, you're walking out. You've decided you're going to you're gonna stand firm. That in itself is an act of faith, so mm. good job. Now, how can I be obedient to God in walking out this process of repairing our trust and healing, healing from this brokenness that we're experiencing? Hmm. Um, how can I walk that out in faith when I don't feel like I can count it joy? How do I do that? Um, I, I think the first step um, is again the cruciform trust, realizing that the the bulk of your trust right now is going to be in God. If you can look to God and say you are faithful when I'm not, mm. that to me is 99% of the equation. Um, and I don't mean to be overly simplistic, but standing and trusting in God in that moment, even if you're just sitting and kind of basking in the the ability to trust Him. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first step down the how can I count it all joy. Well, yeah, I think we just try to rush it all through. We, we it just our idea of time just mm-hmm. forces us to kind of push through and make it happen. And if it doesn't happen in the time that we think it should happen, then it's not going to happen. And then we just write it off instead of just, I think, I feel like, hmm. I don't feel like I know that God has been teaching me to just be still and wait. Yeah. Be quiet and wait. Like when you and I were having some struggles these last couple of weeks, I prayed for you. I sat and waited. I didn't have to be afraid. Usually I want to resolve it. Usually I want to make it right as soon as possible and I want to fix it. Mm-hmm. But God, it's like he just, he said, sit and wait. And I said, okay. And he was so good and faithful to show up in your heart, in the, your actions, your words. That wasn't anything I did. It was his, all of his doing and his mm. response in you. And I had to give that time. I needed to be just steadfast in knowing that Things were going to be resolved. I know there's caveats to that. I I know that. Little do you know that I was trusting God even harder <laughs> and waiting even and longer. See, and God <laughs> is so faithful. We don't. We want yeah. to rush this whole mm. um, healing and repair because it hurts and it does hurt yeah. and it's frustrating and we're angry and we don't want to be that anymore. But we need mm. to be steadfast in our faith and allowing God to show us how to count these trials as yeah. joy to know that the testing of our faith is going to produce steadfastness. Well, why do I want steadfastness? Because then you'll be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. We can have, hmm. that's what steadfastness brings. Perfection, completion, no. lacking in nothing. Is that, am I going to be a perfect Christian? Yeah. No. Does that mean I'm going to be feeling no lack anywhere? No. It just means that in Christ, my perfection, I, I am perfect in him. I am complete in him. My sufficiency, I lack nothing in him. Hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I was looking up some um, other resources um, that we're going to share with you later on that will kind of get you down this path. You know, you'll notice we're not speaking overly prescriptively. We will get to that, but we really want to address the heart orientation mm-hmm. in this moment and in, in this journey of walking out healing. You notice the heart orientation is is trusting in God. Mm, and that eyes fixed on him. You know, honestly, every podcast episode could some way like turn <laughs> for to, sure. That's essentially the gospel is that we trust God in with our souls and with, with our salvation. Um, but so trusting God, uh, which takes a humility. Yeah. And we talked about that. It takes an honesty. We don't, again, we're not glossing over the things we talked about this last week. Well, it's recognizing who God is. Yep. And, and, and who part I of, am and, and here's, I'm not. And there's where I wanted to go is that in recognizing who God is, the way we do that is we look to his word. And so what do we see in, in his word in terms of betrayal? Mm. Okay. So this, this will, what this will do is we'll open our eyes of faith. Yeah. Selena, you had said, as you've been reading scripture this year, it's like you've stopped looking through the keyhole of the door and the door has swung wide open mm-hmm. and the wonder of God's nature, God's character, God's grace, God's the story of salvation is just blowing your mind on a daily basis. That's what looking to scripture does to us. Now, when we're in a place of pain and healing and reeling, like like we're talking about, we can look to scripture to see and know that our Savior is not a Savior who's without experience like this, mm-hmm. who has not, who, who doesn't understand us. Mm-hmm. He understands, and Jesus himself was betrayed with a kiss mm-hmm. by Judas. Okay, that to me is it's Matthew 26. That's the first, if you need to kind of understand uh, that Jesus knows what you're going through, go read Matthew 26. Ask him to to help you understand the depth of what was happening in that situation. J- Judas wasn't just like some like tag along. He was close right. with Jesus. Yeah. He was entrusted with the, he was the treasurer, right? Of, of all these disciples. He was entrusted to, in a lot of ways to guard Jesus. Instead, he went outside of that relationship mm. and sold him out. And then he sold him out saying, I'll take 30 pieces of silver. And by the way, I'm going to show you where he is. And he didn't just say he's over there. He's pointing at him. Instead, he walked up to him in a really kind of sly way and 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 came came up to him as if to embrace him as a brother and that embrace was the very act of betrayal mm, how profound is that yeah. and you and you think in terms of marriage feeling betrayed you feel like you know all this while I, we got a message from a spouse and we've, uh, we're praying for you by the way the the folks who sent this message in have been married for over a decade and she has found out that her husband had an affair five years prior and mm. and it's over, but it, she never knew about it, and mm. that's devastating. That is devastating, and this poor wife is devastated. And we're here to tell you that Jesus knows what it feels like to be betrayed. Mm. God Himself is the betrayed one mm. in the garden. Uh, in the garden, He's betrayed. Sin. Every time we sin, we're betraying. It's an affront to God's love and His mercy and His justice, His holiness. Yeah. And it's a, it's an, it's a betrayal of Him. Um, I think of. Um, Joseph and his brothers being sold mm. into slavery by his own brothers because uh, they were jealous of him. Mm. They betrayed him. Now, go look, go read in Genesis, was it 37, 38, around there? Go read the story of Joseph. Oh, I've got it in front of me, 45. <laughs> I've got it right <laughs> that here. Bible is real helpful. <laughs> I'm just like putting my hand on it, like not even looking. Um, yeah, jo- uh, Genesis 45. All right. It says in verse one, then Joseph could not control himself for all the, before all those who stood by him, he cried. And he said, again, he's in the Pharaoh's chain. He's kind of in, he's a higher up in Egypt at this second point. Second to Pharaoh. Second to Pharaoh. He says, make everyone go out for me. So everyone, so no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brother. So he said, everyone leave except for these other men. And they were his family. You got to go read. It's like 10 go different chapters yeah. in there. But he responded in a way that was, um, it, it, it tells us something about how to deal with betrayal and walking down the path of healing and forgiveness and stepping down this path mm. with faith and with compassion. Yeah. And compassion that it comes from being humble before God and knowing that his design is good and covenant is there for our flourishing and mm. for his glory. So good. Um, another one, just a quick example, is Peter denying Christ three times. Like, who, who, what did Peter end up becoming? Mm. Like the cornerstone of, Christ, of, of the church, right? He says, on uh, the rock, or Christ is the cornerstone, excuse me, says, and but Peter's the rock. Like Peter, you're the rock upon which my, I will build my church. Right, right. Um, that, that's profound. That it's not that Jesus just said, "You betrayed me. You're out. We're done." Like I told you you're three times, over. Peter. This this is over. Get out. You're not invited. <laughs> no, Jesus still used Peter mm. to build his church. 
And because of that, like we now can know Christ. Well, yeah. I mean, and look at Paul, you know, there it is. The Apostle yeah. Paul. And so we serve a God who is merciful, a mm. God of reconciliation, a God of forgiveness, a God of grace, a God of love, a God of, uh, just second chances. Yeah. And that is why we're talking about this attitude of, of humility, knowing like, we're not trying to say, get over it. We're saying, stand, stand in faith, not in your covenant, not, not excuse me, not in your spouse that they're going to be perfect, but stand in faith in your God and stand in faith in the covenant. Well, and don't stand in your designed for this. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah. don't stand in your self-righteousness either. Right. In your wow. um, view of yourself thinking, mm. and maybe you are right. Um, but we're saying you need to lift your eyes mm. from that, from you and look to God and you mm. need to submit to God and you need to understand that even though you may be right and you were wronged and that is, mm. there's brokenness and sin there. Um, yeah. we still don't have the right to hold sin over someone Yeah, because we are not, he's forgiven us. So how can we? not forgive and again this journey of forgiveness is not immediate it's not one and done it is a constant Mm -hmm. uh, revisit of repenting and Mm -hmm. believing that and hoping right yeah i just want to make a distinction because forgiveness and trust aren't aren't the same thing right so thank you just because you forgive your spouse doesn't mean you automatically trust them to the level. Yeah. That to you that same level. Absolutely. And we're talking about here, rebuilding trust. Right. Right. So the, the very act of rebuilding is, I think is, is uh, built upon that forgiveness mm. saying like, I'm not holding it over your head. Therefore let's move forward together. Right. I get it. We're, we're broken right now. Right. Let's, let's get unbroken. Let's look to the one who can actually heal us. Right. And there's going to be those humility yeah. moments. I feel like are like teeth yeah. gritting moments sometimes. Oh, right? my word, like, hard. It's just white knuckling, teeth gritting. I hope I'm going to make it because I really don't feel like it. I just want to walk away. I want to call it quits. And God is just Mm, there with us. And he's saying, trust my word, trust my word, trust my word. Stay humble. Recognize who I am. Know who I am. Trust me, trust me, trust me. And again, that's where, again, our lion's share of trust is got to be in him. But doesn't the Bible say, sorry, doesn't the Bible say that we are to walk by our feelings and not by sight? How dare you? There's a smudgeness once again. No, it says we'll walk by faith and not by sight. Right. And again, it's easy to say that here, recording a podcast. We've had a, a, a great afternoon, you and I talking. It feels fine. But in those wee yeah, hours of the evening, moments. in the morning, when we're fighting or we're, you know, that's, that takes When you're faith. wrong and I'm just so right. <sighs> this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast <laughs> is. <laughs> okay. No, anyway, but it, yeah. again, it's it's this this taking the step of humility of laying down your own passions and emotions that would rage or kind of show their ugly Mm. head out of self-righteousness. It's embracing self-control and watching the Holy Spirit start to develop the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control, goodness, and faithfulness in you and then in your marriage and towards your spouse. So we've addressed kind of the headspace up till now, right? Again, Using the analogy, car wreck, triage. Now you're in the hospital. Um, when you you get to the hospital, it's time to start healing. You've reset the bones. You've said like, okay, now we can actually We're start healing. <laughs> what do you need at that point? Anytime. So years ago, I had heart, open heart surgery. Uh, for months after that, I had to go in and talk to the hospital or talk to the doctor. <laughs> hospital said I need medicine. <laughs> Army mother. You had to stop it. Um, so I had to go in there and I had to, I had to meet with my cardiologist and he had to do kind of a rundown on my, yeah. on my health and say like, your heart's sounding kind of yeah. bad. You need to get this medicine to make it sound better. <laughs> that's how they, that's how, that's what he said. <laughs> I'll just take my word for it. Um, well, you had to relearn things like how to take deep breaths. You had to like retrain. Yeah. There's training your body and your lungs. There's trusting in that. Cause it's terrible at the moment. You're trusting that it's for your healing. Good. Yeah. But here's the thing that I want to draw attention to is that it wasn't Ryan and Selena deciding, Hey, you need to work on your like breathing. And it was a doctor prescribing that to me. Yeah. I, somebody was there, somebody who knew somebody mm-hmm. who, who knew the path ahead could hold my hand and walk me down the path. Well, and understood the depths of the problem. Yes. Yes. And understood the consequence if I didn't make steps toward progress. Right. That's huge. Okay. So now take that into this scenario with your marriage. That's going to be your pastor. That's going to be a 
Bible-based counselor, somebody who knows the lay of the land, who knows the consequences Mm. of not walking out the steps of trust building, Mm. and who can not just tell you where to go, but to walk alongside you. Mm. That's huge. Because you don't want someone just to give you an app or a map and say, go here. No, this is not that sort of thing, Mm -mm. okay? You need to be taken there by somebody. And that's and that's hard because that's where like a lot of people like it costs money. It'll cost time. Really, go ahead. There's an interesting. So um, we went. We did the road to Hana when we were in Maui, and there's this interesting app that our friend told us about. And maybe many of you know about it, but it was like a Shakabra app, right? No, no, no. Shaka Sorry. guide. Shaka guide. Shakabra is a breakfast restaurant Sorry. near us. It's really yummy. I'm hungry too. <laughs> <laughs> this Shaka guide. So. Which Shaka is the like the hang loose sign? Yeah, that they in Hawaiian. Say. Yeah, and so we we bought the app. We're like, okay, it's probably gonna be worth it. We're gonna trust that it's worth it, right? Not, it's not just like this map and app, like you're saying. Um, it is, it's like taking all the pieces of everything because we've done the road to Hana before. We did the whole thing. Well, guess what, folks? We missed a lot. We missed like 90% trying to do of it. this on your own. You're gonna miss a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of. Uh, things that you would not see, uh, places you would not understand the tell history the, behind. Are you talking the, about the volcano thing? Yeah, yeah. tell them about the volcano That's the too. one I'm thinking of. So we're driving and, you know, this app is like all GPS and whatnot. And he says, hey, on your left, you're going to take this pull out uh, if you want to see the volcano caves or whatever we're so, like. So pause. When you say yeah. when you say volcano cave, I'm picturing in my head like some massive, yeah. like cavernous. Right. I'm picturing something that it's not. Right. And he said what? He said, he said pull. pull off to the side of the road on your left. Now look to your right. And we both looked over there. <laughs> he gives you like a pause. And there's this hole. He says there you'll see a little like hole kind of in the wall in the ground. It's not very big, but that is the entrance to the volcano caves. Don't worry. It opens up a little bit when you get in there. It's kind wow. of dark. Yeah. Make sure you have a light on your phone or something. And we were like, whoa. You know, it's something we never would have seen. It was one of our best memories. Um and we we would have blasted would, right past it. Well, we wouldn't have understood like the right. history behind it all and appreciated it. I think as much as we did having this mm-hmm. guide with us, right? Yeah, very so, very good analogy. Because I mean, I, I everything that we saw on that drive was because this this. Someone had known the, the path already. We missed 80% of it, 90% of it the first time we did it on our own. And they were able to, by the, by the wonder of technology, to tell us, hey, in a quarter mile, you're going to see cars pulled off. Right. Here's, it's a waterfall, but don't worry. It's not that great. Don't feel like you have to, like, it gave us permission to pass some things that were worth passing. Right. And then it gave us knowledge to, to, to not pass things that weren't And it gave passing. us the tools yeah. and the actual signposts and guideposts so, to where certain things were. And so that's what we're trying to say here is... The Fierce Marriage Podcast is not going to give you all of those things. Well, because we don't know, I think, we don't know you personally. Well, and we're not counselors. Yeah. We're not. You're in seminary. That's about as close as we're getting. But we're counselors here to have share. a tool set. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They have a tool set. They can get down into the very core of what is affecting and they can this equip issue, you. Yes. and they can equip you. And then here's the kicker. And this is what we're all. The whole point of this is they will walk with you. They will mm. take you down this journey. They're not just going to give you instructions. They're going to take the journey with you. Yes. And that's the biggest piece of advice I can give. Aside from trusting God with the journey itself, trust him. Now, here's how you take those tangible steps. Unfortunately, there's not 10 steps to repairing trust. That, that just doesn't exist. Well, it probably does of, exist, but it's not great. It's not going to get right. you where you, it's not going to take you on the journey. Outside of biblical yeah. counseling, Absolutely. I don't see how you can walk down the steps and expect the best outcome. So yes. anyway, and we do have a savior who is not without mm. um knowing what it's like to be betrayed right. and to lose trust and to love in, in the middle of that. Mm. And that's the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. So, good. so we do have some more resources for you um, that kind of take what we've talked about and talk and, and go through them and from different angles. So two of them, they're interviews. Okay. So look up these two things. Uh, it's episode 100. Um, it's out of the dust. That's um, Chris and Stephanie Teague. They have an amazing story of, um, they betrayal. got a divorce and yeah. betrayal and then walking away and then God's redemption and his reconciliation. Look that up. It's called Out of the Dust on the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Um, again, episode 100. Another one is um, a, a woman by the name of Tina Conkin. And uh, she she was um, it, the, she wrote a book. It's very controversial. 
and I'm confident that it's it still points people to Christ uh, in this struggle. It's called How God Used the Other Woman. And what, and I mean, Selena, you gave me a little look like that's that's a little grading that title, and yeah. she knows it. Um, Tina does. We had an interview with her. Go listen to that interview. Tina Conkin. It's K O N K I N. Um, and she shares her whole story, and yeah. she's a very um, sweet. Her husband's actually passed away, so she's carrying on her ministry of telling their story of reconciliation mm-hmm. after he um, he actually cheated on her with her best friend. Mm-hmm. And so it's an amazing story of reconciliation, walking out what it looks like to trust. She comes at it from a very different angle, and that how God used that to humble her, which again, it's it wasn't her fault, and she says that it wasn't my fault. My husband cheated on me, but it was my fault in how I was holding it over his head. Mm. And yeah, God, how you, I responded, yeah. So that, if you want to have your, your feathers ruffled a little bit, go listen to that um, in, in a good way. Um, but So for a couple's conversation challenge, um, let's do this. If you've listened to this episode and anything has jumped out at you and you've got an area of trust that you know you need to rebuild, um, take that bridge analogy, okay? Um, and, and talk about how your bridge needs to be rebuilt and what it means to continue the actions of rebuilding the bridge without actually putting your weight on it yet. And so knowing that you can walk in faith without actually trusting it, you're building the bridge in faith that it will hold your weight at some point. Um, so what is that issue now? And, and talk about what that means to begin rebuilding that broken bridge that, that for you, that could look like really regular, intentional, rhythmic conversations on whatever that topic is. Say for, for every night for the next two weeks, we're going to talk about this thing hmm. and we're just going to check in. Ugh. Okay. We're, no, we're just going to check in. Okay. How are you doing with X? How are you doing with why? How can I love you well? Um, how have I not loved you well? Just asking those those four questions or those three questions uh, is going to be revolutionary if you're walking down this path. The second couples conversation challenge, if that's you, who uh, who is going to be your guide in this journey? Who's going to be that guide? And then initiate contact with them. Get walking down that step. Take that step of faith. Um, and don't let another day pass before you take one step down that road. Does that, does that sound all right? So good. Okay. Why don't you pray us out if you don't mind? Actually, you just took a bite of something. So I'm going to pray us out. Why you got to be like that? Why are you going to take, you made delicious cookies. I want a cookie. You know what? Blood sugar is real, my love. <laughs> okay. So are you going to go pray? ahead? You can pray. Okay. You can pray. Lead us head of the house. <laughs> <Okay>. Spiritual leader. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lord, I thank you for um, your grace in that though you um, have been betrayed and though we have not earned um, your love, you give it to us and you are trustworthy. You are faithful even when we are faithless. You are trustworthy when we uh, when we do not place our trust in you. Mm. So Lord, I pray for the couples listening to this that they would first and foremost recognize just your goodness, your faithfulness, and your love for them. And I pray that that would be the uh, the fuel for their journey. And God, I pray that you give them um, uh, just that same faith um, and fuel them with faith that is from you to take steps down the journey of rebuilding trust. Mm -hmm. And I pray that you would make their journey fruitful, Lord. And if they need someone in their life to help them, um, I pray that you'd give them somebody in their life. Mm -hmm. Show them um, somebody that they may not have thought of before or bring somebody uh, to to mind that they uh, or a new contact or any way that you would choose to work that you would just provide perfectly for them, for their healing as they take these steps of faith, as they trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for betraying me and my cookie bite. I genuinely didn't think about it. I will forgive you. I wanted you to pray because I love hearing your prayers. I would have prayed. I was ready. <laughs> okay, well. I was ready. It's in the past. In the past. We're moving forward. I'm walking in faith. <laughs> uh, you need to be more humble, so I'm <laughs> just kidding. I love you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... In the can. We'll see you again in about seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at FierceMarriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.